Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world's bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less by Barry Schwartz. Before we dive into the content of this bookie, here's an interesting question for you. If you wanted to buy a pair of jeans today, how many options would you have to choose from? It isn't out of place to conclude that you are currently bombarded in your mind with numerous choices that will eventually influence your final decision. I mean, besides having to choose from the different available sizes, you have the options to choose between different styles like slim fit, straight leg, casual, comfort fit, and boot cut, you also have the choices of color which can be light blue, dark blue, black, gray, and white among others. There is also the choice between picking a stone wash, acid wash, or sand wash jean. In addition to all of that, you also have to choose whether or not you want your jeans to be faded, distressed, or have zippers or buttons. These are the choices available for you to pick from when you just want to buy a pair of jeans, now imagine how many other countless choices we make in our daily lives. From what we wear to what we eat, what we use in our homes, to the media content we consume, from the mediums and platforms we use to communicate, to more serious aspects of our lives such as health insurance, there are tons of choices to be made in our lives. We have surely made great strides in reaching this level of access to freedom of choice. Yet today, people have to spend more time and energy choosing between different options, often leading to regrets on giving up on other options. Having too many options to choose from has now become a growing source of annoyance and frustration. Certainly, having options serves us well, but having more options to choose from isn't always better. Schwartz believes that we as decision-makers gain the most freedom by learning to make the right choices when it comes to things that really matter, and not spending too much time on the choices that don't. In The Paradox of Choice, Schwartz breaks away from a lot of the common sense we take as a given by telling us, to live better, we need to set standards before we make decisions, encouraging us not to focus too much on the choices of those around us. Schwartz also dissuades people from looking for the best option, but instead finding one that is good enough for a specific situation. As a master of cross-boundary work, Schwartz uses psychology to interpret people's economic behavior, explaining in detail the psychological mechanisms behind choices and some methods that can be used to make wise decisions. Schwartz has successfully integrated psychology into our daily lives and social reform. This has not only attracted the attention of governments and many well-known enterprises, it has also engaged readers from numerous fields of expertise such as medical care, tourism, leisure, software development, media, entertainment, e-commerce, and so on. As a TED Talk keynote speaker, Schwartz's video has attracted more than 5 million views online. To experience the charm of this bookie The Paradox of Choice, we will divide our content into three parts. Part 1, How Having a Plethora of Choices Cause Problems. Part 2, Why We Are Unable to Make Wise Choices. Part 3, How to Make Wise Choices. Part 1, How Having a Plethora of Choices Cause Problems. The more choices you have, the freer you become, so why worry? In this first part of our bookie, the author gives us three reasons why we should be troubled by having a plethora of choices. Let us begin by painting the picture of a street filled with multiple stores. 
So you are standing on this street and decide to enter one of the convenience stores you frequent most to get some snacks. You push open the door and walk straight to the shelves that display a variety of biscuits. This convenience store is not big, but on these shelves are a variety of different flavored biscuits from many different countries. Standing there, what exactly are you paying attention to? What kind biscuit to buy? Do you want a large or small pack? Domestic or imported? Full fat or non-fat? Do you want sodium-free or regular biscuits? Even if you make all of the mentioned choices, you're still not done, because there are a dozen more options that fit your requirements, from flavors to texture, and you can sift through them further if you want. But who has time for that? Should we hang around the shelves all morning trying to decide which pack of biscuits to buy? That would be ridiculous. So, most of the time, we just settle for the one we usually eat, check out, and leave. Now this is hypothetically the complicated choice process of having to buy a pack of biscuits, now imagine what it would be like if we were trying to buy something expensive? The situation then as regards to the choices we have to sift through would even be more complicated. Remember that we are painting the picture of a street. So imagine coming out of the supermarket and turning right where you see an electronic store. You push the door open and enter. Not more than three seconds after walking into the electronic store and your eyes land on nearly 50 different loudspeakers, around 40 computers, 20 printers, and more than 100 TV sets. This time, your choices are even more complicated and difficult. Not only are these items more expensive than a pack of biscuits, they last longer, and if you are to make the wrong choice, you'll have to either put up with the trouble of returning it, lose money by buying another one in case of a no-return policy, or be forced to unhappily use it as it is. On top of all that, you also have to choose household items and appliances, TV shows, and even college courses. But just like with home appliances, a plethora of choices causes problems and hindrance for a smooth and easy decision-making process. As psychological pressure increases steeply, our choices become more difficult. Each items within these various categories often have their own advantages, and some of those features often lessen the attractiveness of the item we choose to take home. Ironically, a lot of the products that we consider getting but don't end up buying turn out to be more attractive than the ones we bought, especially if the one we got has or develops any issues, which greatly reduces satisfaction. Not only are these everyday choices time-consuming, demanding, and unsatisfying, many of them also signify responsibility and risk. For example, public services in the United States used to be provided by the government, so people didn't have choices to make. But now, people have an abundance of options to pick from a long tedious list, and then pick the right service from their confusing packages. Frustratingly, no matter which service you choose, there are bound to be numerous junk phone calls trying to persuade you to choose something else, and yet, blocking the spam calls puts you in a position to likely miss out on a real deal which makes you end up paying more for the same service. In this case, the choice is yours, just as the responsibility is yours. As the responsibility for making decisions is transferred from the government to the consumer, the risks associated with the consumer's choices naturally increase. The burden of this responsibility increases when we do not have a clear understanding of what we have chosen. For example, when making medical decisions, we normally listen to advice from doctors, 
but a phenomenon has recently emerged in the United States where the doctor now listens to the patient, makes a list of possible treatment options while also analyzing their pros and cons, ultimately resting the final decision in the hands of the patient. In addition to a doctor's advice, you can also find information on the internet, in health magazines, and from other experts, and if you're still not satisfied, a whole host of non-traditional practices are lined up for you to choose from, herbs, vitamins, diets, and acupuncture are some of these practices. Although the effects of these folk remedies remain unproven, they have become reasonable options that can be considered. The combination of limitless choices and unprofessional sources of information have made medical decisions feel as nightmarish as writing a final paper, and the risk of picking the wrong choice for you here has more consequences than a failing grade. In some countries, in addition to public services, healthcare, pension plans, work styles, plastic surgery plans, and even religion, all fall down to choice. When the results are found to be disappointing, we inevitably ask ourselves, why did we choose this or that option? Why weren't we more careful? Or why can't we make the right decisions? People always want to understand the causes of their failure. When considering the questions we just mentioned, there are two completely different directions to take, or attributional styles to consider, and correspondingly, there are two completely different results. In the face of failure, some people will adopt a specific, temporary, and universal attributional style. Once the choice fails them, they look for specific reasons related to the event, such as lacking experience, lacking rest, being in a bad state, or even forgetting to ask for a friend's advice as the cause of the failure. This kind of attribution is relatively objective, and it hardly affects someone's subsequent choices. But another group of people use general, lasting, and personal attribution to explain their failure, thinking that they are not capable enough, not smart enough, or that they are too weak to accomplish their set goals. If this goes on for a long time, they inevitably begin to doubt themselves, resulting in a sense of helplessness. They begin to think they can't do anything right, and that leads to depression. Having a plethora of choices brings with it heavy responsibilities and increased risks, it also raises people's expectations. The more choices we have, the more we expect. For example, variety in education options makes us expect our courses to be interesting and practical. An increase in the variety of available jobs leads us to expect meaningful and well-paid work. Freedom to marry whom we want has caused people to expect their partners to be equally attractive, intelligent, and loyal. Today, because of our abundant access to so many choices, a partner or an item or service being just good enough no longer suffices, we expect better, or even the best. Unfortunately, high expectations often lead to disappointment. High expectations and disappointment are a depressing combination. Americans today experience greater freedom of choice than ever before, yet about 7.5% suffer from depression before the age of 14. The figure has doubled in the past 10 years. This seems to be related to unmet expectations and blaming oneself for the failure that's caused by too many choices. That concludes our section on the troubles that come with having a plethora of choices. First, it makes it more difficult to make the right decision, resulting in people being less satisfied with the results. Secondly, the responsibility of decision-making is transferred to the consumers, which increases the risks and responsibilities involved in making choices for the consumers.
Finally, freedom of choice causes high expectations that result to high disappointments for some people, this outcome leads to reduced happiness and even depression in severe cases. Making a clear choice is an effective way to alleviate these pressures, but in an age of choice overload, that is not an easy task to accomplish. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.